0: It is seven minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. It is Froster Buns Friday. There is a, a, a migrant facility in Chicago. And the government is funding a private institution to house these people. And their pay is off the charts. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play the news story. This is an NBC local affiliate uh, that uncovered the amount of money these people are making. You're going to be looking for a job. I'm thinking of heading up to Chicago right after the show, Brian. I I think I want to work with this company. Here we
1: go. Nine city leaders are expressing shock after an NBC5 Investigates report we aired yesterday. We are waiting for records that show where the millions being
2: spent on migrants is going.
3: Some records we did receive show employees working at migrant shelters have made more than $135 an hour. NBC5 Investigates Bennett Haberly is here more with what you've discovered, Bennett.
1: Yeah, Kate and Alex, imagine making almost $200 an hour. These invoices show it has happened at the privately run shelters housing migrants. Today, I talked to aldermen who say they've been asking for receipts as well and had no idea of the figures until our report last night. These invoices obtained by NBC5 Investigates show employees of a private company, Favorite Staffing, which run the city's migrant shelters, have made at least $135 an hour, in some cases more. In one invoice, a facility manager made $14,000 in a week in December. Another invoice shows a nurse earned more than $20,000 in one week. Those figures do account for
2: overtime. To see invoices like that are disgusting. They're outrageous, and they should be cause for an, investi- an immediate investigation. Do you have an accounting for all the dollars are going? Uh, no, we haven't been, and I think that's uh, the big concern that came up today was that we're willing to accept federal dollars, we're willing to give dollars to these issues, but we need to see where every penny is spent. NBC5 investigates
1: followed
0: public records requests three months ago. <laughs> All right, so you got a private company getting money from the government to house migrants in Chicago, and they're making ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in a week. It's holy moly, that's pretty good money. Yeah, right? it's uh ten eighty, I just did the quick math, ten eighty per day if it's an eight hour day. And <laughs> Multiply that by, let's say, five equals 5400 per week. This is pretty good money. Um, I might have to make a little, you know, <laughs> a little cut in my investment portfolio, but I would take the, you know, I could take that job if I had to. Well, here's the question. In this... Oh, you can't take that job. They don't allow guns in Chicago, so... Yeah. Maybe okay. that's hazardous duty pay. Yeah. <laughs> But here's, here's the thing. Did this happen because it's a private institution, or did this happen because the government is providing the money? They, they mentioned tw- a couple of times that it's a private group. It's the, it's the private marketplace. And you have to, it, and the first thought is, oh my God, they are, they're just gouging. Those prices are outrageous. But this is emblematic of what happens when the government does anything. And, and you, you're going to hear arguments, oh, it wasn't the government, it was the private you know, private company. But I think it was the government's fault. I think government funding is what enabled this to happen. See, if, if people were running a shelter and relying on donations... Coming on a program and saying, "Hey, we'd like we're trying to raise ten thousand dollars to do this or a million dollars to do that, or whatever it is," they would be really, really picky about where they put that money. They would think, "You know, I may not get another dollar. I may not be able to get the funding to accomplish everything I want, so I'm going to be parsimonious. I am going to be tight with this money. But when the money is coming from the government, you don't have to be. You could be as outrageous as you want, spend money wherever you want, because the government will keep taking the money from their constituents. Now there's no doubt. There's no doubt. The money will be there. You want to pay somebody 100 bucks an hour? Go ahead and do it. Want to pay yourself, you know, a six-figure job, uh, you know, a couple hundred grand, a half million a year, whatever. Go ahead and do it. You can afford it. Because the government will always come up with the money. So then you go down the line one step further. Well, how is it that the government can always come up with the money because they don't ask? They just take. This is the problem with the government doing anything, whether it's providing an education, providing health care, whether it's providing food for families in need or covering utilities or housing or anything else. It's more expensive because they don't have to worry about where the next buck is coming from. So you can blame this private company for being greedy, and they are. But really... The problem is they're being funded by taxpayers. That's what enabled this to happen. 874 its Froster Buns Friday. Let me head down to uh, Hallsville, or over to Hallsville, I guess. Rick, good morning. Good morning, Gary. You know, I listened to you and
1: uh, Kevin Jackson yesterday or the day before. And, you know, I really like that guy. He is so on the money. Except for when he calls you white boy. Because you're of one of the rarest ethnic descents or minorities that there is in the Missouri, in in America.
0: You mean a libertarian?
1: Well, yeah, that too. But I think you told (laughs) us that you're American Indian and Lebanese mix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I don't know any other Lebanese other than you. Of, or at least people of Lebanese, but, you know, just a couple of years ago, they said that uh, the population of the United States, 40% of the population was not born here. And, of course, Wayne Lutemeyer is saying that it's cost billions and billions of dollars to shut the government down. Well, I, I disagree with him. When Congress is not in session, it saves billions and billions of dollars. And, you know, somewhere we've got to drive these migrants back across the border. They're the problem of the country of Mexico, not of the USA.
0: No, I think we are the problem. We are the problem, Rick. Well, Mexico used to block their southern border to keep
1: people out but they no longer do that and of course our government that little town that's now being invaded by all these venezuelans our government went down there and cut the razor wire out of the way so they could get in yep you know uh, this is just insanity and uh you know i've Randy Kobor last night used the term um get along go along to get along and that's what i've heard luke Temeier and alford and all the rest of them are doing well we we can't shut the government down we we can't get the democrats to cut spending so we're just going to have to go along to get along they've been doing that for ages and all it gets us is communism coming in increments
0: All right, um, I'm going to explain what's going on with this immigration problem in in a little more detail in just a minute. Uh, But we, the American voter, we are at fault. We have encouraged this. And only we can stop it. And and I'll I'll do that in the next segment. Rick, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Uh, And we can talk a little bit about uh, government spending and the shutdown. Uh, But But I'm going to just zero in on this immigration problem, because you and I are responsible for this. We created this problem, and our parents and grandparents. It's been like three generations of making this immigration issue um, become so problematic. Uh, Up against the clock, quick break, I'll be back. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. It's 20 minutes after 10 o'clock, and we were just. I was just talking with a caller a few minutes ago about uh, the immigration issue, and I guess it kind of it was a Froster Buns thing for him uh, dealing with the budget and immigration, and uh, kind of ties into actually the story of, uh, in Chicago uh, where the private enterprise was using government money and paying themselves excessively. So the reason immigration is a problem is primarily. Because of Democrats. But Republicans are to blame as well. So I'm going to use an example that I know. My grandfather. Roger Matta came to the United States, my grandfather, from Lebanon through South America. Came up through Mexico into the United States. And ended up in Ohio. When he got here, there was... No government program to make his life better. There was no uh, nobody from the government that got in his way when he wanted to get himself a job. He's, he was uh, going door to door selling clothing when he started in this country. That's how he supported his family. He didn't have to worry about minimum wage laws. He didn't have to worry about an income tax. He didn't have to worry about Social Security. All he had to worry about was finding a way to provide for his family, which he did. And he was able to set up shop. He was able to make a living. There was no problem. Now let's take somebody that wants to come to the United States today. Let's say it's someone from the Middle East. Let's say it's someone like my grandfather. Well, the first thing you have to figure out is why is he coming here today? Is he coming here like my grandfather to find work and, and and have a family and better his life? Or is he coming here to take advantage of the welfare state? That didn't exist when my grandfather came here. He had to make it on his own. He had to meet up with family Uh, And work his way uh, up to, you know, to a success. And he did. But today, part of the draw is all the government programs. I get here and have a kid. Well, now I got an anchor baby. Uh, I've got kids. Well, they're going to get a free education. I have a medical issue. I have government paid for health care. This is a draw that is exacerbating the immigration problem. And it makes it difficult when you get here to get a job. If you get a job, if you come across the border, you've got to pay Social Security, you've got to pay an income tax, you have to worry about minimum wage, you have to adhere to all these government regulations... So the difference is that when my grandfather came here, he came here, had no choice, had to go to work, had to find a job, had to rely on friends and family, and he did. Today, you, you can't separate the wheat from the chaff. Are they coming here for the freebies or are they coming here to work? If they want to work, they can't work until they get a social security number and all this other nonsense. So we have at once made it a draw for the government freebies. And at the same time, we've made it almost impossible to come here and be productive. So we've created this over three generations. And we need to stop. We need to stop. All of those government programs, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps... Free education, all that stuff. Government has no role in that. It's not in the Constitution. And if you got rid of all of that, if enough people were awake enough, and that's what I would call truly woke, if enough people were awake enough to recognize this, there wouldn't be a problem. They would come here and they would work. They would produce goods and services. And they would purchase goods and services. That's the way it used to be. Our corrupt system has made it the issue that it is. And the other thing is that when he came here, they they just let him in. He just walked right in. You can't do that today. Today, you're in a queue because our, our betters in Washington have decided we can only take so many people from this country and so many people from that country. And once we reach that limit, people have to wait another year. Now you've got people who are in the queue for 10, 12 years trying to get into the country. Put all that together. I mean, this is, this is the mess we have made out of immigration. We've, you know, i found the enemy. It is us. alright four ninety three ninety toll 874-9390, toll-free Froster Buns Friday, and Tom, uh, Tommy is on the line. Tommy,
3: welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, you're talking about these contractors and these businesses overpaying like that. Uh, what the deal is, uh, th- these projects are low bid, and these companies put the bids in, and what the government does They choose a minority contractor over a low bid. And a a perfect example, this is not a theory. This has actually happened. My brother-in-law worked for a major battery company. They were selling batteries to the Navy for submarines. My son just happened to be an officer in the Navy. He knew about the deal. And my brother-in-law's company had the lowest bid. His bid was rejected, and it went to a minority bidder, which was a woman had her name on the name of this company. She got the bid, she got the contract. She turns around and orders the batteries from my brother-in-law's company. That company ships them to San Diego for submarines. And it was the same battery, but they had to pay a higher price because she was a minority bidder. So that's probably what happens up here on these, with all these jobs that are overpaid like that. Government contracts, it all falls right back in the lap of too much big government. Yeah, well, you know, even if
0: if everything you say is the case in every case, it's still because the government has unlimited access to your money.
3: Exactly. There's no
0: end to it. Right. If they had to ask, if they have to, you know, get on bended knee and, and, uh, you know, besiege people for their money, they'd be really careful where they spent it. But as long as they can just take it from you at gunpoint, if they have to, they can be as reckless as they want. All right, T- Tommy. Thank you. thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I saw a question uh, on Facebook uh, this morning, and I thought it was kind of a fun topic, and 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 I figured I would throw this out at you. Um, I believe this uh, comes from uh, Americans for Prosperity, but I'm I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, it, it's uh, a guy named Daniel. Uh, he posted, "If someone from 1971." Woke up in 2023, what do you think would surprise them the most? Aside from the fact that they were alive and awake, um, what do you suppose would surprise them the most? Think about 1971. Uh, There are no battery-powered cars. There are no cell phones. There are no computers. Well, they're computers, but they take up the size of a room. There is no internet. You can smoke in bars if bar owners want to let you. Um, I don't know. Um, what do you suppose would be the biggest surprise? Brian, do you have any? What do you think would be the biggest surprise? I'm going to have to go with that you can change genders at will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet that would would surprise them. Uh, All right, uh, we'll throw this out at you. What do you think? What do you think would would surprise someone? If they woke up, uh, you know, they'd been asleep since 1971. They were in a coma. They wake up today. What would surprise them the most? 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Or go to GaryNolan.com and send me a message. On a Froster Buns Friday, the Zimmer Radio Network.
2: This is the Gary Nolan Show.
0: Good morning, it's 1035. Tanya Heath uh, keeps sending me emails and she's come up with a pledge uh, dealing with uh, police and use of force. I think it's brilliant. I'll I'll give you the information on that uh, in a a few minutes. But in the meantime, there was a a post on Facebook, and it's uh, Daniel Lewis who said this. Uh, He said, if someone from 1971 woke up in 2023, what would surprise them the most? Uh, One of his friends said, the totalitarianism of our government. Someone said the internet and smartphone, two things that come to mind immediately. What do you think? If someone from 1971 woke up today, what do you think would surprise them the most? Brian says that you can change your sex. Yeah, I suppose that would be a surprise. Matt and Fulton, good morning.
3: Yeah,
2: I suppose one of the biggest surprises would be that uh, Steven Tyler, Mick Jagger, and Ozzy Osbourne are still alive. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be really surprising for most people. Um, what was the number one song in 1971, and what was the number one movie?
0: I didn't look it up, so I don't know, but um, wasn't that about the time that uh, um, um, Bye Bye American Pie? Um, Brian, was not well, about the... It would have been uh,
2: Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Uh-huh. Can you hear me? Yeah. How old was Brian in 1971? I was uh, 16 years before
0: I was born. so uh, He was only 40 back then. Oh, <laughs> wow.
2: Just... Okay. Well, he, he, missed, he missed Vietnam's draft then,
0: I guess. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I identified as a different age. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Sharon in Columbia. Good morning.
2: Yes, I think they would be surprised when they go to the grocery store and pay what they pay for a loaf of bread or a box of cereal. That's two of the most cheapest things you used to be able to buy.
0: Wow, yeah, the shock of the prices. Absolutely. All right, good point, Sharon. Thank you. Um, In our family, we bought a a Chevelle. Uh, My mother bought it for my sister. And I think that would have been just a year later, 1972. And I will tell you, the car had an automatic transmission, a three hundred seven V eight. It didn't have power brakes. It didn't have air conditioning. So you know, it wasn't the most uh, um, well equipped car. But it only cost, I think, if I recall, about three grand. It was about three grand. Today, what would that be? Thirty. Thirty grand. Uh, let me go to the phones. Gerald, good morning.
2: Good morning, Gary. How are you?
0: I am well, thank you.
2: Well, Sharon kind of stole the thunder from me a little bit. Yeah, I think the cost of living is something that would really shock them. Uh, and you just nailed it right perfect with the, the comparison of the automobile. Uh, One-ton truck in 71, you could buy between $2,900 and $3,500, depending on the package, four-wheel drive, et cetera. The truck I want now is about $98,000. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> hopefully it's not battery-powered.
2: <laughs> no, sir, it's a diesel, but still. I mean, you're you're talking about a huge sticker shock for them.
0: Yeah, of course, the, these cars do a lot more today than they did uh, back in oh, the right. uh, early 70s, but still. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Gerald, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Show. I'll give you one more example of this inflation thing. Um, I told you that my father was an alcoholic and he developed what's called Korsakoff syndrome. He, he His short-term memory was gone. He could remember things from decades ago, but he couldn't remember things from minute to minute. And when he was tending bar, you could you could sell a bottle of beer for like 35 cents. And if it was a premium beer, it'd be 40 cents for a bottle of beer. So in the 1980s, uh, after the Korsakoff syndrome uh, you know got him, um, I would pick him up and bring him to the tavern. And I would let him ten bar because he was a terrific bartender. And I I, I I had to stop doing it because at that point, a bottle of Budweiser was sixty cents. So in his mind, it was, you know, thirty cents yesterday, and it's sixty cents today. And every time he would say, "How much do I charge?" and I'd say sixty cents, he'd go, "Oh my God!" <laughs> he was like, hey, "Let's not remind them." But that's uh, that inflation thing is a really keen observation. Uh, and imagine from that time, from nineteen seventy one till today, oh man, uh, Billy, what do you think? What uh, what would surprise him the most?
2: Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Uh- I, they kind of cut in on me, the first caller, but I believe I'd throw Bruce Sting, Springsteen in there also. Um, I, being a former long hair, I never did smoke marijuana, but I think a person would be surprised. They go to a concert and smoke. And uh, in, in 1969, I bought a 68 Chevelle and had a 396 and a four-speed. It didn't have power steering or air conditioning. Who cares? Not real Went it, real fast till it got to a hundred mile an hour, and that and I, I ran a hundred and two octane in that thing. That you can't even buy it anymore, I guess. But uh, yeah, who
0: cares if it didn't have air conditioning and power steering? <laughs> it had a big block Chevy and a four speed. Oh man,
2: I, I wish I still had it. I, I'll I bet it'd it. be worth a fortune today. Yeah, and I had a lady pull in front of me and I wrecked it. And. Uh, uh. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, Thanks for bringing back memories and uh, talking about your father. I'm the same. I'm getting to where I have. uh, I can't remember things, and uh, it's scary. But uh, just hang in there. All right, uh, Billy, thank you. Thank you.
0: Take care. Glad to have you on The Gary Nolan Show. Chuck, good morning. What do you think would be the biggest surprise?
3: Well, since I don't know a nice way to put it, I'll just be blunt. I think you'd be surprised how stupid Americans are these days.
0: Are they do you think they're stupid? I think they're ignorant and there's a distinction there and it's a big one.
3: Well, uh I'll be kind. I think it's probably a little of both.
0: Oh, interesting. All right. Chuck, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I do I think I think people are ignorant today. I don't think they're stupid. I think if they had been given the information when they were younger, they wouldn't have the you know, they wouldn't have come to the conclusions they have today. And, and and so for that, I blame government schools. Holy moly, I have been ignoring the uh, Gary Nolan messages, Brian. I, so I am now way behind. Uh, Carol, Gary, I would be most surprised that our beloved country has gone to hell. And Dan says, I think that the price of gas and the cost of housing... Uh, we bought a brand-new home in 1971 for $15,000. 3 bedroom bath bath-and-a-half, corner lot, really nice home. Yeah, today that'd be like a $400,000 house. Uh, back to the phones. Richard, good morning. Well, I'm going to change the subject a
1: little bit, but i um, talk about Biden. I was reading the paper here in uh, my little town to Westphalia. The guy in the Heritage Foundation, E.J. Antony. He said Biden's latest attack on American energy is costing the American family $2,400 a year. And that is ridiculous. Why should he have a mandate? He just has an office, and he he let
0: the presidency go to his head. Well, the the reason this is really a problem, Richard, because you're on the right track here, is that the government ever has any say-so in any of these policies. Because every time an administration changes, the whole rug, you know, the rug gets yanked out from under. I keep thinking of the XL pipeline. The the Democrats are in power, no, 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 no. Then uh, Trump gets in power and he says, yes. And then the Democrats get in power and they go, no. So if you're in the private marketplace and you're subjected to the vicissitudes of who's in the White House... You don't want to make investments because tomorrow the party could in power could change and you, and you get ripped, you know, the, the rug yeah. ripped out from under you. I agree with that 100%. You
1: ought to go back to what it was back in the seventeen and 1800s where the people could go out in the wildcat and do whatever they want. And they made money, and, but they, they were generous after they made the money. They gave to the churches and the other uh, organizations to take care of the poor people.
0: Yep, the wealthier a nation is, the wealthier their people are, the more philanthropic they are. And yep. and the same is, it's true today, even. So, all right, good point made, Richard, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I have no choice. Brian is giving me the finger on the button. I, almost... I didn't give you the finger. No, the finger on the button. Oh, on the button, yeah. yeah. we we got to take a break, so we'll come back, we'll grab your calls. The question is, if somebody was in a coma from 1971, woke up today, what do you think would be the biggest surprise? Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It's 10 minutes to 10. Glad to have you with us on a Frost Buns Friday. Uh, so uh, the question, and it was uh, from somebody who's friended me on Facebook, had this posted. Somebody was in a coma in 1971 and woke up today. What would be the biggest surprise? And uh, Glenn says, uh, I polled four people where I worked. Two said that Joe Biden was president. The other uh, two uh, agree with the gender thing. I, you know, Brian, I do think the whole gender thing would like really stun them. Yeah, uh, and that in inflation, but what about things like the cell phone? Yeah, that would be shocking as well. I mean, can you remember w- taking a trip with your parents? We used to go to Salem, Ohio, from Cleveland, about an hour's drive. And if my parents had to check on the on the bar on the business, they would have to stop at a payphone. Yep, get out of the car and dial the number. Uh, today you don't even have to stop the car. Of course, in your day you had one of those crank phones. You know that you had to put one, the receiver up to your ear and then crank the little. Yeah, and thing. today I've got a crank producer. <laughs> all right, let me go to the phones and get Philip. What do you think would be the biggest surprise, Philip? Oh man, where do we start?
1: <laughs> We've got we got the water crossings, all these shootings, this child ginger thing. I mean, I think they'd want to go back in a coma. Plus, you got Biden and <laughs>
3: Harris
1: and Plus Trump. You have, what? you have what? And Biden, Harris, and Trump. Could they <gasps> imagine what would think that's running this country?
0: Yeah, they'd uh, but go back in a coma. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, <laughs> <laughs> Philip. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, now, now we got another Phil. Uh, Phil, welcome.
1: Yes, uh, if you were a sports fan, I would say that you would wake up and not only is Mizzou no longer in the Big 8 Conference, but there is no Big 8 Conference, and that the Big 8 Conference is no longer the premier football conference, but it's the SEC.
0: Interesting, and if you're a Browns fan, you'd wake up and say, well, nothing's changed here. (laughs) Right, yeah, well, they had Jim Brown back then, but... Oh, that was
2: 1964,
0: that was... Yeah,
1: but also, uh, you'd wake up and find that a big percentage of the population couldn't even define what a woman is.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's uh, some real big changes. All right, Phil, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I keep I, I get this uh, this email from Tanya uh, that I thought was uh, really poignant. Uh, everybody on the left, in particular, complain about the police and their use of force incidents. And Tanya has come up with what I think really makes sense. I I don't know if anybody else is, uh, has has uh, mentioned. I know that. Uh, Brandon got a copy of this. Um, Brian, you might have gotten a copy of it too. I did, yes. The pledge? Yep. I like the pledge. Uh, If we don't get to it this hour, we'll get to it right at 11.05. Uh, But it's a pledge that, well, you might want to take in your city as well. Uh, Let's go to Terry. In 1971, I was a respiratory therapist. Saving lives for two and a half dollars an hour. Gas cost eighty nine cents, and a new Trans Am about four thousand dollars, and that was the good Trans Am. That was that was that was before the the government just took all the horsepower and pep out of engines. It was like the. Uh, Trans Am back then was kind of like the Smokey and Bandit Trans, except it had round headlights. Uh, let me go to the phones and get Bob on the line, then we got to move on. Bob, good morning. What do you think would be the good biggest surprise? Good morning to you. I
1: think the biggest surprise is if you woke up and saw a picture share now and it didn't change.
0: <laughs> well, that wouldn't be a surprise. You'd think, oh, okay, I've just been asleep for a few minutes.
1: Except the uh, best joke I heard about that was uh, she's had so many facelifts, or navel's between her breasts now.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, Bob. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. By the way, Brian, I I got a um an email about you. Oh, uh, from GaryNolan.com. No, no. There's a there's a big difference uh, between the messages I get and the messages I get for you. Huh. Um. I'll, I'll give you an example here. I'll have to. Uh, I'll, I may have to clean it up a little bit. Uh, but it is uh, from someone who said that um they wanted to th- that they were thinking of me they were it says hi Gary hey Gary i was thinking about you and i thought i would say hi of course i'm thinking about you because i am currently pooping um and and, and oh, that's and, not good yeah that's the that's the message uh, that i got uh, that's from paul <laughs> Uh, but then I got a message for you. It says uh, it's from Miranda. She said I was I just wanted to say how impressed I am with your show. You guys rock. Keep up the good work, and tell the boss man Brian uh, that he is doing an amazing job too. <laughs> the boss man. Yeah. I, when did I get a promotion? I I don't know, but I noticed I've been a different, the program grunt for years now. But there's like a different tone in in the way they yeah uh, I noticed Did you notice uh-huh. that? Yeah. Oh well. Uh, whoever that Paul guy is, uh, he apparently was getting rid of his brain matter. Um, all right, so I've got this, uh, this pledge thing. I, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I want to get into it right now or if I want to wait until just a little bit later. And I'm thinking um, I may do this a little later. Republicans uh, embrace ballot harvesting for 2024. Some foresee legal battles. Uh, The story is in the Epic Times. Uh, We're going to hit that first, then I'll tell you about this pledge, because I think it's really great. Dan, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Gary? I am well. What's up?
1: So, in a coma, i got to figure it out. You wake up, you go, who in the hell's running this country? What clowns running this country? And you think to yourself, wait a minute, CC Silly Broiler. I'm going there to get me a Gary steak, onion rings, a tippy sauce. I get down there, I got to go to the dryer and shoe store to buy a pair of shoes. And then I get back in my car, I'm going to go down to the faith company. Come away papers for And... I have to get on my car and walk in with my new shoes and walk off my weight today at CC city runners with the onion rings and the dippy sauce.
0: <laughs> you were good all the way up until you mentioned that sauce that they don't sell, but otherwise it was otherwise you were you nailed it
1: <laughs> uh, we did.
0: Uh, Dan, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. When you get home, uh, you may want to wash uh, wash all that down with a cold, clean glass of water from Echo Water, uh, ECO Water Midmo dot com. Yeah, there. That's the idea. Now I got it. Uh, all right, eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Will you engage in mail in voting? if you can will you engage in it if you can i think the republicans are on to something in terms of getting out the vote democrats took advantage of this the last time and you can interpret my uh, my phraseology any way you want about taking advantage of mail in ballots but i think it is a good a good idea for the republicans to really push their people, uh, both in terms of harvesting the ballots and filling them out. We'll get to that next hour, too. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
3: This is the Gary Nolan Show.